You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to Orange County's longest running business talk show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and we have a great show planned for you. How do I know that? If you enjoy entrepreneurs and the entrepreneurial journey, then Ashley Vallette, who is the founder and CEO of Technacity Group, is the perfect guest for you to listen to. Ashley, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Rick. It's great to be here. Well, let's get started. You're an entrepreneur, as I said at the open. What was your motivation for starting your current business? Well, I have kind of a unique journey into entrepreneurship. I didn't initially intend to be an entrepreneur. I actually was laid off for the second time um, from my one of my companies that I had worked for in the past in October of 2019. And I just always felt there was something missing in some of my roles and I couldn't quite figure out what it was. And so the universe kind of made the decision for me. Um, so I always feel like everything happens for a reason. And when I, the next day after I was let go, I just registered my company and just didn't look back. And now it's been almost three years and honestly the best decision I've ever made. So it's just funny how the universe will make those decisions for you. <laughs> I'd like to kind of sit on that for a moment because I completely agree with you. I think many people would agree that sometimes the things we think could be bad end up being the doorway to something really good. Exactly. Yeah. And so I have to ask during the, the run up to the second time when you made the decision to register your business and take off from there, had you thought about being an entrepreneur ever before that moment? I did when the positions weren't quite lining up with how I thought businesses should be run. I've had a very unique background where I've worked for a variety of companies, small and large, and two of them closed. <laughs> so I kind of saw decisions that were being made that weren't the best for the business. And so I started thinking like, well, I would do this differently or, you know, the, the decisions that were being made um, with both like how candidates were treated, it became a very transactional industry um, in recruiting. And I just thought, you know, we just treat people like humans and they lead with empathy. And most of the companies I were working for, it wasn't like top of mind. And I always just had this really strong work ethic working for all of these companies as well. And I noticed most people just kind of treated it as a job, but I always approached every role as if it were my own business. And I kind of was seeing that everyone thought that like once they clocked out, it was done and that was never my approach. Um, and so yeah, I mean, I guess it was always there in the back of my head. And then I just was scared, honestly, to take the leap and quit a full time job with a paycheck and, you know, invest in myself. And then that's why, honestly, the universe making the decision for me, I, I honestly can't say if I would have done it otherwise, if it wasn't that situation. So when you announce to your social network that this is the path you have taken, I'm wondering if you take us back to that, what was the general consensus of those around you who know and love you, Ashley, uh, about your decision to start your own business? Um, <laughs> it's interesting. I feel like 
you get people like I had talked to people that said they had their own company. And so when I was asking them how they did it, I found out they actually never formally registered it or they really didn't do the necessary steps. So I was like, wait. So a lot of people talk about the entrepreneur journey, but then don't actually follow through. So when I did it, I think you kind of find out who supports you and who's kind of, you know, maybe projecting, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, you're, you're really going to do this. I'm like, yep, here I go. You know, so most people were very supportive, but I think, you know, it's not for everybody and it is scary. Um, so <laughs> um, most people were very supportive, but there's some that were just like, Oh, okay. Like, good luck. <laughs> so, but I always, you know, I'm very competitive person by nature. So I always like to take that and, you know, prove people wrong and just prove to myself mostly is that I could do it. So you're right. The entrepreneurial journey is not for everyone and it is unique. If you haven't walked that path, you really can't appreciate the challenges that come along with that decision to your term bet on yourself, which I love. That is so true. Um, when did you know or start to truly believe that your business was actually going to thrive, survive, and provide you with income that you could live off of? Um, <laughs> what day is it? <laughs> I feel like, it, I mean, it's, it's every day is a new day. And I, I think you're always, I always want each year to be just as successful as the year previously. So that kind of fear of failure <laughs> keeps me going. Um, but I would say, I mean, right when I started the business was right before a worldwide pandemic. So right. <laughs> obviously didn't anticipate that. And so that whole first year was very nerve wracking. And, you know, as starting your new business, it's really inconsistent. I mean, I, I actually thankfully was pretty fortunate. I got um, some new clients right away. Um, so that was definitely a confidence booster. But then there were periods where it would I would have no business for months. And then you're like, did I make the right decision? What did I do? <laughs> so I would say the time I knew that my business was being successful is when I started getting referrals. Um, there was a whole year, my second year in business, I didn't do any business development because all of the clients that came to me were through referrals. And I think that is honestly the best um, endorsement you can get, right? Is people who believe and trust you and then, you know, refer you over to other um, clients or companies. So let's talk a bit about what you, and I agree, referrals are the lubricant for uh, success because it makes things so much easier than when you're out there marketing. But let's talk about what it is you do so people can understand the industry that you're in and the profession that you've chosen. So tell us a little bit about the business that you're running. Yeah, so Technacity Group is a boutique recruiting firm. We specialize in IT and engineering, and I primarily work in the game industry. That's an industry I've been really passionate about and very underrepresented for women and minorities. So that's something that I've always wanted to help improve, even if it's in my small way. <laughs> but um, I do work with primarily you know, fully funded startups. I've supported enterprise companies as well. I have a few global clients. Uh, but I work on very niche roles uh, for people looking to hire for those disciplines, anywhere from software engineers to DevOps to product. 
you name it. And usually I get roles that been open for months and companies have tried and failed to filling those roles. So I come in and, you know, I always like the challenge as I alluded to earlier. So um, I don't know if that's good or bad because <laughs> I make things harder on myself, but I always pride myself on being, you know, that partner that can find, you know, people that there's only my first placement in this industry was there was only nine people in the country that did it. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't have a background in computer science. My major was communication, um, which has been well used, but it's IT. I really took to it and I found that not a lot of people did it well. So that's the niche I wanted to build for myself um, in building this company. So um, that's what Technosity Group does. We serve uh, United States, Canada, um, Europe now we're we're global we're expanding so that's really exciting and um, mainly focus on direct hires so anybody looking to add you know direct um, employees to their staff and usually people that are starting or companies that are starting to scale. Okay, so I have to ask: Did you read a book? Did you hear a speaker? Did friends advise you? How did you? Was it organic? How did you come up with the idea that? you should be in this niche because I applaud you for that. I think that is genius, frankly, and a key to other entrepreneurs who might be listening now or in the future, especially early stage, uh, find a niche that you're passionate about. But how did you select that niche? Where did that inspiration come from, Ashley? That's a great question. I, I just kind of fell into it. I don't know if that's a good <laughs> I mean, before I got into recruiting, I was selling wine. I worked for Gallo. And then I just fell into recruiting like so many of us do. And, you know, the firm I worked for did a lot of IT and engineering positions. And I just took to it. I mean, I every role that no one could fill, they would give it to me and I would fill it. So I, I and there was so many clients I would speak to that really struggled working with different recruiting firms who could fill these like, you know, highly skilled niche positions. So like play to my strengths. In the beginning, I tried to do everything I because, you know, you don't want to turn away business. So I took right. on accounting roles, I took on sales roles. And then I found, I don't like doing these positions. I really, I'm good at filling IT and engineering roles and I understand it. I mean, I'm not an engineer, but I've been doing it for so long that I understand the concepts and can hold conversations with really technical people. Uh, and so, and, you know, candidates appreciate that because I, I hear every day, you know, people that just can't understand those technical concepts. So, I mean, I wish I had a better answer for you, but it, it really was, I just played my strengths. No, I think we, the part of what I'm hearing from you is that don't hear this the wrong way, divine intervention, uh, the, the universe collaborating circumstances, allowing you, and then you having the appetite for doubling down on that opportunity. You know, many people, in my opinion, opportunities go by them. And for whatever reason, they choose not to either pay attention to them or really what you said earlier, give up what feels like surety for the uncertainty of betting on themselves, which is the hard, hardest thing to do when you have a job. And so yeah. the opportunity for you uh, without a job was to rather than find a job was to create a business that now two years in is scaling and growing and your, it's your business, which is fantastic. Yeah. You know, I, I know that you spent four years working for Nordstrom. 
and Nordstrom has a brand that people can identify with. And I'm wondering, what did that experience teach you that you're now using today as the founder and CEO of Technicity Group? Yeah, that's a really good question, too. I've carried Nordstrom with me. I don't know. I kind of call it the curse because Nordstrom it's because you're always putting your customer first. Not that that's a curse, but it's just like you, I always lead with empathy. The customer is always right type of, you know, Nordstrom returned tires. If you know the story, you know, they were a department store that used to be a tire store. Customer came in, returned tires, like that set them apart from everybody. They didn't carry it, but they wanted to accommodate the customer. And just that mentality really shapes you to make sure you're always, doing everything in your power to make sure people have a positive experience. And that is the epitome of, of me. You know, I mentioned I'm, it's part of my competitive nature as well, <laughs> that I always just want to go above and beyond and make sure anyone that works with me is, you know, that I exceed their expectations. I always like the term, um, uh, what is it, under... I, I'm always afraid of under-delivering... Um, uh, and over-committing? Yeah, that that's exactly. Um, I always want to um, under commit and over deliver. There you go. Yeah. So that's just kind of the epitome of me. But Nordstrom really kind of helped that, um, you know, just always make sure that you're exceeding people's expectations and doing everything in your power to make sure that they le you leave them with a, a positive experience. It's interesting because in your chosen field, it seems to me, that you actually have two clients. Yeah. You you have the hiring company and then you have the candidate, which is unique to your business. It's probably common in other business models, but it's really hits me when I talk with someone in your profession. So I would think the customer service leading with empathy is really valuable because for people, finding that next job could be the career path that takes them to greatness if you do the right match. So how do you find the candidates that are so scarce and in demand at the same time that allows you to make the transactions and the relationships happen. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it's tenacity, <laughs> which is part of how I come up with name uh, because you know it's it really is not for the faint of heart <laughs> for recruiting and being in such a niche industry. You have to really understand the the core skill sets, you know, that the client is looking for, and marry that with the people. But most of the people that I reach out to are not looking, um, so you have to go and poach them essentially from these companies. And the most rewarding part of this job is when I place people and they weren't looking, and this ended up being the opportunity that they never knew they needed, but was, you know, the best decision that they made. And I hear that time and time again. Um, and it's really just, you know, using my tools, <laughs> recruiting different recruiting tools and getting creative. But I mean, I pride myself on keeping in touch with candidates that I placed when I first started in the industry and growing your network. I, I'm in Orange County as well, and a lot of my business was here. Um, so I would get referrals from people. Um, so that always is you know, a great way. But because these uh, positions are so specialized, you can't rely on that. So I'm just always looking for new ways. We placed somebody um, just recently. She got an offer last week through TikTok. We found on TikTok. <laughs> 
So just, wow. you know, adapting to these changing times and the power of social media. Um, but you just constantly have to be innovating. And, you know, that, that's the key, I think, to having a successful company is thinking of new ways to do it. And that's honestly why I started my companies, because some of these traditional firms I was working for did things what you did 30 years ago. And I was just like, no, it can be done better. <laughs> so we we're going to do it differently. So that's what I did. So you, you're here in Orange County, as am I. And I, from what I understand of the Orange County business community, your niche is very prevalent here. There are companies and talent that reside in Orange County. Is that correct? So yes. that's, an, that's an opportunity. But yeah. I'm wondering, as COVID has has we were talking before the show started, people look at kind of where your office is differently now. I'm wondering, are you able to leverage that change in perspective to either go outside of Orange County to find talent that doesn't reside in the county or vice versa, find companies outside of Orange County that are willing to hire talent that resides in Orange County? Yeah, no, both. Honestly, I mean, one of the blessings of COVID is that it's really changed the future of work for so many companies and candidates. So I was in a, such a niche market because the um, companies I worked for, I only could you know, work in a specific territory, which also was frustrating from my part because there's a, it's a huge world out there and I wanted <laughs> to be able to support people outside of just Orange County. Um, so I you know, made a few placements in Europe and Canada and it's amazing now with COVID that companies can hire, it doesn't matter where you sit. Um, and we all know how expensive it is to live out here. <laughs> so the beauty of you know, some startups is you know, they have limited funds typically and they can hire someone in a lower cost of living state um, and still pay them a really competitive salary. But Orange County is a very saturated market and it's very expensive. Um, so I think one of you know the good, the positive things that came out of COVID was you know now people can sit anywhere, work from anywhere. There are different restrictions for a lot of companies. Um, not everyone's able to hire into Europe, uh, but when I do have the opportunity to source over there, I, I mean that's honestly opening up a whole new network of people, which is great. So another teachable moment here on Critical Mass Business Talk Show with Ashley Vallette is the opportunity within the constraint. COVID might have seen, been seen as a constraint, but it actually presented an opportunity to expand your business on multiple fronts, which is congratulations to you to be an aggressive entrepreneur who took advantage of that opportunity. I love it. Yeah. And I could have never predicted that, you know, the game industry where I wanted to build this niche for myself would have thrived during COVID because everybody right. was home. <laughs> right. So, it, I mean, honestly, wow. I'm just still in shock that that's the direction, you know, I went and it just, I, and that's, what I, I don't expect it to last forever, but I mean, I'm just so grateful that I, it was just played out the way it did. <laughs> I was just knocking on wood that it does. So I'm sorry if you hear that sound, but that was me knocking on my desk. It's just an automatic reflex to wish you continued success in what you're doing. So let's let's look at where you go to access, because I believe in this idea of collective intelligence and that entrepreneurs can learn a lot from other entrepreneurs who are walking a similar journey. But where are you going to find the entrepreneurs who maybe have insights or experiences that can help you to stay ahead of your competition and ultimately grow your business? Yeah, that's a great question. Honestly, it was a little difficult in the beginning um, to find resources. I mean, I read books um, and would ask other people that I knew in my network, um, but 
I don't know, I, I was kind of trying to, you know, innovate new ways of doing things. And so sometimes I didn't really agree with some of the advice that I was getting. I wanted to, I was like, I don't know if that really matches what I want to do. So I, I, a lot of it as an entrepreneur, I think you have to have confidence in yourself and really like stick to what you believe in at your core. Um, but that's why I joined a lot of networking organizations. I joined Witty, which is Women in Technology International. And then I also just became an ambassador for Women in Games. So those networking working events are really critical. I think, especially when you're a solo entrepreneur, that you want to be able to have like-minded people around you and, and do these, you know, collective intelligence, like you said. Um, and then also another uh, platform that I discovered is Clubhouse. Are you familiar with Clubhouse? I am, yes. Yeah, that honestly has been amazing during COVID for me because I work from home. I don't have coworkers except for two dogs. And I would just listen to these, you know, entre there's entrepreneur rooms. It's a it's an all audio app if you're not familiar with it. Uh, but that's been, I mean, you can hear, I heard Barbara from Shark Tank in one room. I mean, you would have to pay to go hear her, you know, at any other um, event she did. But I mean, it's all free. You just pop in and just listen to this life-changing advice from people. Um, so that honestly has been a real gift for me. And just, you, it's a global app. So you hear people from all over the world. And it really is a small world too, because the same struggles you're having, someone across the world is still having the same thing. And it just brings that camaraderie to, in, in you know, makes you feel like you're not alone. Um, so I would say definitely networking events and then, you know, these social media apps can be really helpful too. Excellent. So if we turn our attention to the future, I love having entrepreneurs on the program because you all have a vision for the future that's bright and big. Not to put any pressure on you, Ashley, but what is the future for your firm? Uh, I mean... When I started the company, it was just I wanted to help people. You know, it was never I wanted to make this a multi-million dollar company. I mean, that'd be great if if I can, but <laughs> um, it really is about making a difference. And when I was interviewing, I just felt you know it was very transactional, and I want I was like, why why can't we just have conversations with people? Why you know it, I just felt we're dealing with humans at the end of the day. Our business is very unique, and just lead with empathy and have treat people like human beings. And I, that's exactly what I want to do. And, you know, hearing people say that this is the best position, you know, that they've had, that they would have never found getting people double their salaries. Like that is what continues to motivate me. And I want to just continue to do that and do more work for underserved communities as well. Like women in games is something I'm really passionate about and getting more representation. I mean, it's, it can be, feel like taunting at times, but um, you know, someone's got to do that work and that's something I would love to do. And, and another passion of mine is um, more women on boards. So I'd love to maybe, you know, pivot the company or it, not even pivot, but just incorporate um, more areas of serving, you know, um, communities that need more help. Um, so that's my long-winded answer. <laughs> it's something that, you know, is going to continue to change every day, but at the core is just continuing to help people and, you know, connect more of these candidates with companies. And it was interesting. You said long-winded. I found it interesting. So it's two perspectives. So thank you for being thorough in your 
I was excited to ask you the question about the future and I wasn't disappointed. So if someone would like to connect with you on LinkedIn or learn more about your firm, where do you suggest they go? Um, you can go to my LinkedIn page, which is um, Ashley Vallette, my name, and then you can go to tenacitygroup.com. Um, and I'm on all the socials as well, not uh, regularly because I'm wearing multiple hats running a business, but um, do have Instagram, Twitter, Clubhouse, which uh, my profiles be for Vallette. And, uh, but LinkedIn's probably the best way to connect with me. And you can always go to my website as well to check our list of open jobs. Well, that's fantastic. I've so enjoyed our time together, Ashley Vallette, and I want to thank you for being a friend of the program and giving a little insight and energy to this show and bringing your story alive. Thank you so much. I can't believe how fast it went. <laughs> right. Time flies when you're having fun. I'd like to thank our audience. You've been a part of Orange County's longest running business talk show. Ashley's episode was episode number 1,363 in our catalog. Feel free to peruse it. I'm sure there are many interesting stories you can find. But if you're an Orange County entrepreneur and you would like to tell your story, then connect with me on LinkedIn. I am Rick, R-I-C, Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I, which just happens to be my website as well, rickfranzi.com. And until the next time we all have a chance to be together, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. Mm -hmm.